Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. Broadcasting from the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 702, Jaws. Uh, he, oh, things look different here. Did he redecorate? Tom, Tom's much better at uh, doing those intros. I will give you that. You'd think that after all the Patreon episodes that I could figure that out, stuff out, but I can't. <laughs> oh, you're, not, you're all thrown off now. I know, I know. <laughs> Obviously, Tom uh, has decided to go on vacation, so I have to s- step in and do the little intro Hope it's not too bad. Sorry, Tom. Well, Tom's out to sea, so <laughs> he is. Better that's movie true. To that's cover. true. Uh, it is. It's. It, it's funny. Well, we'll get into. It. All right. Yeah. Don't forget rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tom will do the the double League of Show Shares uh, when he gets back. And uh, don't forget go to facebook.com backslash Real Spoilers to join the page. And then don't forget about the group, the League of Show Shares. Obviously, you know all that good stuff. Let's go around the table real quick. This is Kevin. This is Joe. And we are joined by our special guest, Matt Reedy. Hello, this is Matt Reedy. (laughs) (laughs) Who who, who I think is pretty funny. Uh, Kevin and I are both on video, and Matt has informed us he is not video appropriate. I I can put it on, but, you know, I'm in a dingy basement. You know, we don't don't share the video. It's not like the video is going to be used. (laughs) So you say, you know, that's pretty good. It's okay. Matt, don't feel bad. I'm also in a basement. So, yeah. But Joe's always camera ready. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm wearing a shirt. Sometimes I'm not wearing pants. I don't know. Well, I thought you usually Donald Duck it. Isn't that how it works? That's exactly how I do it. That's how I did it last week. My wife, my wife said, uh, "Did you record in your underwear?" I was like, "Yeah." What are they? They're looking we at my shoulders. Knew. Yeah, I'm not gonna stand up and just like walk around. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there wasn't really a lot coming out this week. One thing that I don't think we've ever covered on this show is is like 
the original summer blockbuster. And I think it's probably one of the mo- it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Uh, I think it's pretty well revered all over. And we decided to do Jaws. Yay! Yay! Yay. But who um, better to bring onto the show? That's than exactly right. Our newfound resident Jaws expert. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> Matt Reedy. I wouldn't say I was an expert, but I will say I have watched this movie more times than any other movie. Do you think you've bought it more than any other movie? No, no. I think I've only oh, bought it a couple times. That's Terminator yeah. 2. Okay. Terminator okay. 2 automatically gets the win <laughs> for most releases. Now on DVD. Now on Superbit DVD. No, no, no. I just mean, I just mean like, like how many times have, have you bought it? Oh, right? like yeah. I've bought Back to the Future I, the most. Oh, you know. no, no. I just presumed everybody has bought T2. <laughs> I mean, T2 has the most releases, I swear, of home video. Remember? No, like, DVD. I, Superbit DVD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray special I think, edition. Um, I think Army of Darkness has like the the record. I mean, they were putting really? out. I think because different companies were getting the rights yeah. to it, they just oh, kept putting sure, them out sure. over and over. There's a lot. I, I know that. I mean, I have the Boomstick edition signed by Bruce Campbell. I've got the. Uh, I've got a DVD, another DVD of it. I've got. A, I think I have a VHS of it. And then there was the, I don't, the ones. The ones that I had was like the one that looked like it was in a paper bag. Yeah, that's the Boomstick edition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, think I had Bruce sign that one. Back to the uh, the Jaws DVD. One thing I thought, found funny, I saw, I think, at Walmart. It was a Jaws DVD box set of movies two through four. <laughs> not not all of them, just two through four. That's a Joe special right there. <laughs> that's Psycho right, two that's through right. four, Jaws oh, two through okay, four. Okay, now wait a second. Now wait a second. Psycho two through four are <laughs> good movies. I know it sounds crazy. It shouldn't make sense. But one through four are good really good movies but i've never seen the other jaws i presume those are good movies also right you would be wrong oh you've (laughs) you've never seen any of the other ones no two isn't bad like two is basically just a Eh. retread of one yeah Uh, three Uh. is bonkers and then i saw that one i saw that one in the theater when it was in 3d oh jazz 3d <laughs> yeah 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 it, it was Dennis Quaid. It's, it's really bad really bad did you have De- you ever seen jaws 19 or whatever that is oh you mean like from back to the future too? yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's uh yeah jaws jaws 3 has dennis quaid and leah thompson okay yeah i think and uh lewis gossett jr and lewis gossett jr yeah and then okay. jaws 4 is uh mario van peebles yeah <laughs> michael kane yeah, Michael right. Caine. That's right. That's his summer house. That's how he bought that. That's right. That's yeah. right. I don't. I know we're not talking about the sequels, and I don't think we ever will. Probably on this show. <laughs> never say never. But misbegotten sequels could work. It could work. Yeah. So my question is, please tell me the plot line, just real quick. Are they children of Bruce? Like, how do they connect so, to these movies? So two is is we're back with the Brodies, and they're back on the island. Somehow, the mayor from part one. Is still, still the, the mayor. mayor in part <laughs> yeah. two. I don't know how that guy got reelected, right. but <laughs> kind of undermines the whole thing. But okay, very much so. And I think it is almost just a retread of one. Well, uh, it's it's more like they think Brody's crazy. They think you know yes. they don't believe him. He's just you know shell shocked and thinks everything is a shark. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, until it really is a shark. Because you know nobody on that island lived through the attack where a shark killed numerous right, people four people five right. people jaws 3 is kind of the the well jaws 3 is a a shark gets trapped at sea world 
and then oh. dies. But, and but then it's the, one of Brody's sons works at SeaWorld. Yeah, Dennis Quaid plays the oldest Brody child, oh. grown up, and he's so, working at SeaWorld. A little bit of a flash forward there. A little bit, yeah. And then, so the shark dies at SeaWorld, and the mother of said shark comes back for revenge <laughs> on the no people way. at SeaWorld. <laughs> I think that's right. Okay. And then Jaws 4 is Helen Brody... Jaws four is straight up like the shark is after the Brodies because yeah it's Mike, bonkers it's like the, the shark is literally following them and, and the, picking the, them the, off one by one. The youngest <laughs> Brody child ends up becoming a cop on Amity and is killed by a shark. And on then, Christmas, by the way, it's in the oh, winter. The shark is go- nice. yeah. <laughs> they have they have to go somewhere warm because Amity's not warm at Christmas. So they're like in the Bahamas, and the shark follows no them to the Bahamas. Way yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, I, and I back think everything I have said. I want to watch all of these sequels now. <laughs> I will say there are two. There is one called I almost think Universal scrubbed it completely from like 1981 <laughs> called Great White. It's like an Italian movie. That is like they ha- they used footage from Jaws, oh, and it yeah without the rights to it. It's a if you can find it, I think I think it's called Great White. But yeah, the the premise of Jaws four is that this shark is straight up after the Brodies okay. uh, and kills Mike, and then it kills. I guess that's it. But it goes after the the Spoilers. oldest Lance Guest. I think plays, which is just I mean, look. I don't want to say anybody's a downgrade from anybody, but when you have a young Dennis Quaid playing the the oldest Brody, and then in the next movie it's Lance Guest, it's like, well, maybe Dennis Quaid got too too famous. He's like, I'm not coming back for Jaws four. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> but wow. no, I I think the series is off the rails from two, but you know, it's worth yeah. the time. They're not. They're long. all bad, but <laughs> four is fun just from the idea that it's completely bonkers. I yes. mean, it just makes no sense. No, none whatsoever. Well, so before we get into the plot of this film and, and start discussing it more in depth, I'm curious. I'm thinking that Joe and I had a different experience with this film than Matt did just because of our ages. And I'm kind of curious to hear Matt surrounding the release of this film and your experience with the first time you saw it, if you have any stories from then. I think when it came out, what was it, 76? Five. Five. 75. Okay, yeah. Obviously, I was too young to, you know, at that time I was like four. So I didn't see it until it came on on television. And uh, boy, I tell you what, I just, I couldn't get enough of it, though. And I I don't think I saw two in the theater either. I think I also saw that on television. Three was the first one I saw in the theater. But uh, yeah, ever since I saw that first one, boy, anytime it was on, I'd watch it. And I still do that. Anytime it's on, I'm like, hey, Jaws is on. Yeah. Do you remember how long it took for a movie at that time, especially with how big this one was, before they would put that on television? It seemed... Well, okay. Also, back... You have to understand, back at the time, this is before you guys' time, they would re-release movies in the theater. Oh, you sure. know what I mean? Like, you know, Star Wars would come out, and then right before Empire Strikes, Strikes Back came out, Star Wars would go back in the theater. Disney movies used to pop up in the theater because there was no home video. Yeah. So Jaws would do that. It would go, you know, come back when it was a slow time or whatever like that. Um, I just remember it was just such a big deal. And, and we had the, um, there was a Jaws game. We said that over my grandma's house. It was like this plastic shark and his jaws hinged open with a rubber band and it's full of stuff. And you gotta, you gotta take with a hook. You have to take little things out one by oh one. Oh my God. It, I want the that Jaws so bad. Shut. Yeah. Wow. Was there an NES game? I remember that. Oh, was yeah. Was there a video game? Oh, yeah. 
I saw it yesterday. There was a game convention in town, and I looked at the Jaws game with the instruction manual, and I thought about it. And then I thought, how much was it? This game probably sucks. Oh, how much it were they was, asking? That one was it wasn't too bad because it didn't have the case or the box oh, okay, for it, okay. so it was probably like sixty bucks. It's crazy that like I had all that stuff. Oh you yeah, know? we all had all the stuff that's worth. I had a Friday. The th- I had the, I had the sure. Friday the Thirteenth video game for the Nintendo with a right? purple and pink Jason. Yeah, I had it. Okay, so get this, guys. I looked it up. So I'm guessing this is the premiere. Maybe it, I don't know if another channel had it before then. I'm guessing it didn't. This is an article in the New York Times from November 7th, 1979. Jaws played to 80 million on ABC. That's crazy. Well, I guess three channels, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, three networks, but then there's. UHF channels and stuff sure, like sure, that. sure, but reaching an average of fifty-seven percent of the national television audience, half half yeah. of the country was like, "Well, Jaws is on." More than half yeah. of the people yeah, with right, television right. sets watch Jaws. That and, is, and more un- than likely, I was one of those people at that time. Yeah, <laughs> that is unbelievable. But well, they course- and they used to make events out of that. You know, uh, yeah. for and Joe probably knows this, but when they would show the first Superman, sure. they would stretch it out over two nights. They would extend it. I have you know, that. I, mean, on, it, I have that on it's, Blu-ray. It's, it's, yeah, it had scenes that you didn't see in the theater, and they turned it into kind of like a mini series. Yeah, that's that's incredible, though. Those numbers that we always talk about when when there were only a few channels and how they would debut to these huge numbers. It is unreal that they lived in a time where you could get that much of the country to tune into the same thing you think about it this is before VCR, so if you wanted yeah. to watch oh, it, you sure. had to tune in right then. So that's why they get all these viewers, because they're like, well, this is my only chance. Right. And I saw something like 1980. I'm looking at the home video release. Jaws was released on MCA video cassette in 1980 and then re-released not until 1987, where it also wow. had a Laserdisc release. Ooh. And then Universal released it on home video in 91, more Laserdiscs, DVD for the first time in 2000, because That's DVD was insane. around 98 when that first came out. So in 2000. But that was the home video release schedule, so they had a good five years without even a VHS. And then at that time, wouldn't the VHS have been like a hundred dollars or something oh, crazy? Easy. Yeah, like yes. eighty bucks. Yeah, yeah. So people weren't running out necessarily to buy it. So I bet it had a lot of TV time throughout the years before home video really took off. There was a Saturday morning. I, I've talked about this before on Channel Eleven, RoboCop, uh, Jaws, oh. like all of that stuff. Like we're we're just on Channel, which was a it's a it's a local channel here. And they would do movies after cartoons on Saturday afternoons. You'd get three movies, and then you'd get like two good ones, and then like one not good one. <laughs> like there's like like the last one at the end was like oh, I'm not watching that. But your first two, you might get like Dirty Harry, or you might you know RoboCop or uh, Jaws with you know Superman two, not one but two. <laughs> so you would get that. I thought you were gonna say they made a Saturday morning <laughs> cartoon of Jaws because they were doing. I mean, that it too. wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. They might as well have. They made one of RoboCop. <laughs> they made one of Rambo. Right. Yeah. Oh, the Toxic whole, Avenger. Hilarious. The toys that they would want to sell for these R-rated movies because they made oh, yeah. good toys. Oh yeah, big time. I get just to go on back off of that. What do you remember the first time you saw this? And did it have an effect on you? Because to this day. I don't like being in water where I can't see my feet. Oh, yikes. So I never saw this movie as a kid. I saw this movie much later. Are you so, serious? Yeah, I, I just was never. It was one of those movies, oh. one of those blind spots. How sometimes as kids you think, oh, everyone's seen. Like I never watched The Goonies as a kid. 
So it had a different effect on me when I saw it sure. as an adult where I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, no offense to anyone who's nostalgic for it, but so watching everybody, the, right. Watching <laughs> the Goonies is the first time for an adult. It's just like, yeah, you know, another Spielberg esque production. Oh, big time. So I, you know, that didn't have the same effect on me and I'm trying to think what's the other big one that I never saw. It was Goonies. Monster this Squad. One. Well, definitely Monster. <laughs> definitely didn't have the nostalgia for Monster Squad. Gremlins? Totally. Gremlin, no, Gremlins I watched. Gremlins I loved. The first two Gremlins movies. So, but Jaws was not one I ever saw on VHS. Didn't watch until Blu-ray much later on. It was a, it was a big blind spot for me. My love of Steven Spielberg comes from Jurassic Park. That's my number one of his. That's, it's just so interesting. Interesting, Matt. Do you remember? Like, do you know where your like Spielberg? It has to start at the. I mean, I, this, I mean this with all due respect. <laughs> it has to start at the beginning for you, right? For with Spielberg. Oh, you mean you mean Duel? Yeah, that's yeah. Because exactly I, I remember seeing that on TV all the time. They always okay. used to show Duel. It is just interesting to see like the three generational yeah differences well, for Spielberg. Like, well, I mean, I, they were big. They were big. All of his movies were really big when I was a kid. Like Jaws was a big movie. I didn't see that one in the theater. But uh, Raiders, oh my yeah. god, that was a huge movie, saw that. E.T., you couldn't escape that. That was everywhere. Well, yeah, just to clarify, my first Spielberg was E.T. I just mean that a lot of people say, oh, Jaws is such a masterpiece, and it's my favorite, and all this. But I fell in love with Jurassic Park, with it being released later. But yeah, E.T. was certainly the first I gotcha. Spielberg I, gotcha. I saw, and had that on VHS with the green flip cover over oh, yeah. the tape spot, all that good stuff. But yeah, I just... So, so Jaws escaped me for a long time, and when I finally saw it for the first time i was like yeah this this movie's great i i really see what people love about it and what they talk about it would i rate it higher than jurassic park i would yes. not I don't oh think... my gosh no i think jurassic park is a masterpiece I, it's so good it's just so good and while i really really like jaws i think it's well written there's great performances really good cast in it but having watched them in the reverse order so uh, again i think it's hard with nostalgia because jaws came out and had so much life before jurassic park and people like matt could watch it on tv over and over and joe you saw it on home video or however you are going to tell us that you saw it and then you see jurassic park and you're like this is great but you don't have the built-in nostalgia so i think it's hard to judge things in retrospect like that but i'm just saying having fallen in love with jurassic park since i was a kid going back and watch jaws i don't go oh this is way better i mean it just they're similar movies aghast. as far as like being chased by yeah. dinosaurs, chased by shark. But, oh, my gosh, just the complexities of what they have to do. Not that this one isn't impressive, and we'll get into some of the underwater photography and such, but the, the complexities, the scale and scope of Jurassic Park and the animatronics, instead of just one shark that would hardly work, look at all the <laughs> dinosaurs they had to build and the, the Stan Winston Put those dinosaurs puppets. in salt water and let's see if they work. Well, they put one in a ton of water and it hardly worked, but they, so I just, I, I really appreciate and respect Jurassic Park. So again, not a knock on Jaws and we're going to get into it, but just from where I came from, I don't think seeing them in the reverse order, it didn't like bump Jurassic Park out. I am flabbergasted. And I say <laughs> that it, just in like, I'm like, cause I think this is one of, this is a per, to your point, Kevin, to me. This is a perfect movie. Like, there's nothing you can change. There's nothing. I think that you are invested in every single character. Like, Quint is one of the greatest characters ever. Robert like, Shaw is, is so good in this role. He is amazing. It and is I think phenomenal. Brody is. 
the quintessential like dad. No, he's and, Brody. Quint's the other guy. No, I know that. <laughs> but like every you know, uh, and there are there are pieces of this book that I'm glad that they took out. Like there's a whole piece of this book where um, Hooper is having an affair with Helen Brody. Oh, why? And like yeah. it's it's in the book. Like it, I mean, yeah. maybe that's just how Block wrote the book, and I'm oh, glad sure. that they took that out. There's another part with the mayor owes money to loan sharks or something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh, is there really? Yeah, something like that. Something weird like that. And then the only other big change I can remember, I read that book when I was a kid, but the only other big change I can remember is Hooper gets killed. Yes, Hooper like, dies. the only oh. survivor at the end. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting yeah. how for the movie. When he's in the they, shark cage, the, he gets bitten in half. That's interesting. So for the movie, they tried to put a little bit of a bow on it there. And Hooper big is time. such such a good character. Dreyfus so great. is hilarious in the role. He adds such a... It's such a fun element to things that are going he's, on in these serious situations. He's got such a snark, but like I, the snark is like I'm smarter than you, and you're a moron. But you still uh, are kind of like. But when he's talking to like the the mayor, and the mayor is like, "We're gonna do it." Like that whole scene where at the sign they're standing outside at the sign in front of the billboard, yeah. where he's just like, I, "I don't know why we're having this discussion," and he's just laughing at the mayor. He's like, "You're this is on you, man. Yeah. Like I'm out of here." But he is right. Like the mayor is he, dumb, yes. so I don't yes. take it in a way where some characters think they're smarter or whatever it's like no he is the mayor right. is not smart and yes. selfish and obviously doing all this for the wrong reasons and and yeah i but i but i agree i love the way the drivers plays it. it it is a really fun role so i'm glad they had him live unfortunately they had him live to not show up in any sequels right he's not in no those sequels oh, so. no no I mean, this is i think this is peak well this is right before like peak dreyfus yeah, like I think this is kind of like his career kind of takes off from here, and yeah, he had close encounters or, right after this. It was like a one-two. Yeah, and they weren't going to get him back. They barely got uh, Scheider, Roy Scheider back for two. Yeah. Roy Scheider did a movie called Blue Steel, I think, mm. so that he couldn't do three. Like he scheduled it strategically, so they're like, "We're doing Jaws 3. He's like, "Nope, sorry, I'm over here doing this helicopter movie. Can't oh, you do mean it." Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder. Yeah, I was gonna thank say, you. Is yeah. that the Derek Zoolander biopic? <laughs> I yeah. think there is one. Called. No, it's pretty bad. It's like a super helicopter thing. <laughs> and the oh. helicopter is the shark. Yeah, and they're just like, "Just get Roy Scheider." And he was like, "Okay, as long as I don't do that Jaws 3. I do think that the the casting. Oh, it's so good. The casting is so good in this movie. It really is. Those three, the Hooper, Brody, and Quint, are phenomenal, and their moments together they share. But I also wanted to say, watching the film and then thinking about Jurassic Park, it's like, well, yeah, they got Spielberg to do Jurassic Park. Sure, With all the dinosaurs hunting the people. It's such a he. In hindsight, it's the perfect choice, knowing what he did with this movie and how he could magnify that and put it onto a big bigger scale so it's we've talked about I, it, spielberg definitely has a look to his movie and maybe not as much anymore you know like but he for a long time you could look at a movie and just the way he moves the camera and the way like scenes look like oh this is a spielberg and, movie. and you know what it is too though you know what? what i think you have to give credit to john williams for sure. Oh, when yeah. you put cam when you put Spielberg's camera work, like in yeah. this movie, for instance, where I never have really appreciated the Jaws score because when I watched it before it's I wasn't really thinking too. about that. But but there's more to it than that theme. All we think about is the theme, but when they're out to sea, the 
score by John Williams is really evocative about the horrors of being out on the water and, and not knowing where the shark is and all those little things and the, the, the happier moments and the quiet moments. So I was listening more for the score on this rewatch and I had only seen it a couple times before, but I was paying attention to those little things. Part of it was the camera work, but then I was watching it while that score was playing and I go, that's what feels like Spielberg is the John Williams score with the way he moves the camera. And then sometimes the light, the way that light will, the camera will pass by and light will be shining a certain way or go behind an object and and the light is covered and then revealed the the way he moves the camera like that. I think that's all is that perfect Spielberg esque imagery. You know, what's kind of amazing about the score is I can't think of any other that, you know, exactly what it is with two notes. That's true. No, yeah. that's... I mean, all it needs is that dun dun, and then you know exactly what it is. You, yeah, you can have nothing else. You know exactly what it is. If, if you cut out, I mean, maybe the beginning of the Halloween score is close. If you know, if it started off doo doo, yeah. you might be able to. But you're right though, because it doesn't have to play the rest, or it doesn't. You know, it has that those two notes right there. You're right. It is incredible how iconic that became, especially for someone who didn't grow up with it. Right? Like I didn't grow up with the movie, but I knew that theme. Everyone sure, sure, it, sure, it sure. transcends you know, the the zeitgeist. It it just becomes common knowledge for anyone, whether you're a film buff or a Jaws fan or whatnot. So you're right. It it is incredible. And just thinking back on John Williams' career, man. Well, I was what, just going to ask that. Like, is there is there another composer that has had as many bangers, if you will, to their name, right? So you've got Morricone. I, that's fair, but like, can you, if you were to hear, I don't think on the level of John Williams, right? So you've got, you're going to have Jaws, Harry Potter, Superman, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Star, Star Wars. Wars. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, just those the five. right there are the biggest properties in the world ever. I mean, I was thinking maybe Danny Elfman, maybe well, Alan Silvestri, Silvestri. Elfman, Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer, Hans maybe but Hans Zimmer up there. Uh, I mean, especially with his as work far as with recogni- Lion. I'm, we're just going recognizable, of course, of course, with yeah. Lion King, True Romance, kind of transcending the bomb, yeah, Nolan right, right, stuff. Right. But but he's done a lot of work outside of that, so I could see that. Did he do Blade Runner twenty? No, oh, oh, you mean the sequel? To yeah, I maybe he might have done that one as well. But the the other one is um, what's who's the other big one that we're forgetting? Giacchino, Michael Giacchino. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Coming out, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's but he, I mean, he is. But like, I'm just thinking, like, you hear that Harry Potter theme, you hear Superman, you hear I, Star Wars, you hear hands immediately, down. hands down, immediately. Yeah. Iconic themes. Elfman, I think, is on his. I think yeah. Elfman's number two on his tails because of Batman, because of Spider Man. Beetlejuice, those are also iconic themes. But you're right, like there the are, Justice there are, League, Zack yeah, Snyder's The Justice yeah. League. Yeah. <laughs> there are composers that have done great, phenomenal work, like the others. Like, I mean, Sylvester with Back to the Future, but he doesn't have. Can as I tell you many. that I thought that was John Williams up until like ten years ago? Sure, right? Yeah, I had I no idea. Somebody everyone, was like, "That's not John Williams." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Because you just naturally Williams. assume it's a Spielberg it's movie. Spielberg, it must be John exactly. Spiel, yeah. Spielberg production, and it right. has that. It does have that. That that little. How do you even describe that? Not There's being just, a music guy, that little twinkle yes, part of the song. Exactly you know what it. I'm saying? That, yep. that 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 high note or whatever that that reminds you of a Spielberg I, type. I remember having a conversation with Brian about. Oh, is that the, which Brian? The the one you think it is. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, about the Avengers theme, 
and how yeah. when in that in Avengers one that theme wasn't that impressive. Dun, it was it was fine. Dun, 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 it was dun, it was good, dun, right? But by the yeah. time you get to Endgame and they hit you with portals, which is the name of like when everybody starts showing back up mm-hmm. and he, they're gonna f- and like that theme is incredible. Yeah, and that's like, Sylvestri. It, it is Sylvestri. Yeah, that's that's. But yeah, the fact that it was like from part one, you're like, all right, it's doable. Well, because but then they get to. It's the nostalgia. It's the Rocky theme. It's they've planted yeah, it. Right, right, right. They've used it so much where when you first heard it, it was fine. It was serviceable. It was a good theme. Right. But now they've planted it in these different movies, and then by the time <laughs> you get to Endgame, it has payoff. Just like in Creed, when you hear the Rocky theme, they don't hit you with it right For about away. Two seconds, but there's payoff to it. Yeah. Right. 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 So we'll just get into it. Uh, this one opens up on a party on the beach, and we've got two drunk teenagers or twenty-year-olds. And they decide to go skinny dipping, and poor, poor, poor buddy can't keep up because uh, the the girl he's going to go skinny dipping with apparently is not as drunk as he is. Lucky and guy, though. Yeah, that's out, very true. I guess. Yeah, right. He didn't get lucky, but he lucked out. In 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 the great scheme of things, he came out okay. So our character uh, jumps into the water, and this is one of those scenes that I think is totally iconic and terrifying. The way. We see, you know, we we see the shot from under the water. Do we get the theme here? Mm, do we get like? Be, do we get? Do we get beats of it? Either I don't way, think so. it opens with the theme in the credits. I don't know if we use it here. Okay, so she's pulled under the water, right? Like her head blops under the water. She pops up, and I don't know if this was on purpose. Like if they didn't tell her that they were going to pull her, or <laughs> if, oh, she, if she, she does this on purpose. Legitimately scared. The yeah. way she's breathing. <laughs> like trying to like gulp for breath and then like it's terrifying the look on her face is terrifying she is scared out of her mind good actor Very, well she's not that's the whole thing right she's not an actor she was like uh man oh shark victim wow she was they a shark victim she was an actor. Yeah, this was a documentary yeah now this the really method <laughs> acting to the next <laughs> yeah, level right, right. jared leto wishes he had she, that kind yes, of yes that's exactly she was not i think she was she was an actor but she was like into I don't remember. There's a the the documentary. His name is Bruce. I think is the name of the documentary. It goes way into detail. She, yeah. There's something else in her gotcha. backstory about being in the water. But she does a good job. She's certainly terrifying, right. and it's absolutely terrifying. The the kind of bait and switch of oh she's under, and then wait she's back up, but then and then but like she's gulping for air and she's freaking yeah. out, and then of course she goes back under and she does not come back up. We are introduced to the Brodies, Helen and. Mr. Brody. Adrian Brody is in this movie. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. (laughs) (laughs) Sheriff Brody. (laughs) Sheriff Brody. And there's something about the way that they are filmed together that they both have fantastic chemistry. Like You feel like this is a married couple moving to this island for the first time. There's actually, uh, I think, with Gourley and Rust, with Paul Rust and Matt Gourley, they cover this, and they want to know the backstory as to like why... Brody came to Amity like does he right. have some crazy backstory where he he shot and killed a kid and he had to get out of New uh. York so he moved to, he moved to Amity to get away from you know police life <laughs> and this is police chief Martin Brody just Martin so we're Brody, clear correct yes so he gets a phone I, I love the fact that there are two phones in this house one phone is the police phone <laughs> The other phone on top is like the house phone. They actually uh, had a sheriff line installed, which I think is fantastic. Like that's so seventies. 
It's smart. It's very smart. Where he picks up the other phone, there's nobody there, and so we go. We go out to the the dunes, I guess, and we find the body of this girl. And I like that guy just playing in the sand, like distraught. I thought he did a pretty good job in the that's foreground. The, that's the guy from the Those beginning. Deputy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the deputy, the deputy that, or the or the guy that found her. It wasn't that the deputy. It's the deputy he was blowing the whistle. Yeah, yeah, he was blowing the whistle, and then he kind of falls to his knees. Oh, sure, yeah. sure, sure. That's I, I right. like That's the right. way that Spielberg shoots him in the foreground, where Brody is in the background, and the how he is kind of shell shocked i guess that you would say by what that's he's a good seen. way to put it yeah and brody is in the background just like oh my god and runs to the body and then yeah so they take it to the corner uh, oh and brody's with the the guy that passed out the guy yeah he's, like, he's oh, kind yes, of busting right. his balls too he said something <laughs> at least like, i called you <laughs> at least i yeah. called you and brody's like yeah thanks man go cool so they take him. They take this, the body of the corner, and we don't really see anything with the body yet. You see the. No, you see a, a hand with hand like crabs. Do you on see it? the hand, or do you yeah. see the hand at the coroner's office? No, at the, you, on you the see beach. it on the beach. That's but it's right. That's right. Crabs. With the crabs, the, the dead hand and the net and the pale skin. It's a really creepy imagery. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The coroner ends up saying it's a shark attack, and that's Brody's like okay, like you know he goes to the sheriff or he goes to the mayor who was just Ugh. great. Yeah, you, you love to hate him, right? Well, like yeah, he's the certainly. best. He's the best possible actor to play. Yeah, the Murray, of this Murray Hamilton is great. He's the so wonderful. Is great as this yeah. smarmy politician who obviously cares about nothing else than making the businesses happy and eventually getting reelected. Right. All he somehow about, he does in part two. Don't know how that happens, but yeah. that's a thing. The yeah. another so thing great small. about him yeah. is that blazer with the anchors on it. Oh, it's oh, perfect. it's so great. I. I love, I always think of that Bruce Campbell played this character in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. It's a he was total, the mayor. Yeah. yeah, he's the mayor that wants <laughs> to keep the town open for for tourism or whatnot when things are, are raining from the sky and he wants to use it as a way to draw people in, which is a little bit different, but he wants to use this town as getting all these food items rained in on him. And even though it could be dangerous <laughs> and they're trying to figure out what's going on, he's bringing people in. And yeah, I love that. It's that parody. And of course, Bruce Campbell. That's really funny. Yeah. Bruce Campbell, if they ever, God, God help us if they ever remake this. Bruce well, Campbell yeah. would be a great mayor. It, it was perfect casting. He yeah. did a great job with the the voicing for Cloudy. So yeah, I would I would love that because when I, I watch this that. role, don't what's that? Don't touch this movie. Don't like. Well, <clears throat> I think there yeah. are certain movies that you know. As I'm looking at my DVD wall, uh, like please don't ever. D- there's really no need for it. Yeah, we're talking worst case. Hypothetically, he would be great. But yeah, they yes. don't need to. No, but there, Brody. Is a big city cop, right? We are led to believe New York. he's from New York. He's a, he, you know, uh, so he doesn't have. I'm not going to say he doesn't have. He doesn't have a small town mind. Does that make yeah. sense? Like he's. He doesn't you know, get what they do in these small towns right. where everyone knows each other and right. is depending on the stuff for their. They have summer season, which is where the businesses are going to make all their money. Yes, and they. He doesn't understand putting anything else above, as you should, the police work. He shouldn't put things above that. But the mayor is all thinking about, oh, well, I know that I'm just going to throw out, you know, whatever, fill it, this restaurant and this person at the hotel. And he's thinking about all these little town he, connections. He, well, and, and in the mayor's defense, right, like he is thinking about the town. 
if we close these beaches and we tell everybody there was a shark attack, we're, you're, our summer season is effed. We're not going to get, you know, everybody's going to be out of money. So in the first one, you're kind of like, maybe, you know, like I, maybe. He's thinking about the town as in he's not totally doing it for selfish reasons, except for when we get to the second one <laughs> and, and such. I mean, it's still selfish, but yes, he is trying to make sure that the whole town doesn't shut down and businesses aren't out of money right. and all that, but he's doing it at the expense of human life. Yep. And clearly ignoring the signs because he gets the coroner to say it wasn't a shark attack it was propeller i hate that scene that's I mean, a i love that he's, scene he's because the coroner is such a scumbag right he's, he's like i didn't it, say that and you're just like what it's yes, so you in, did it's so infuriating because you know right. the mayor got to him got him to change his mind where brody is like you you told me it was and he's like i'm mistaken no you right. weren't mistaken it's so smarmy <laughs> and so gross that they would do that and just to keep the beaches open. And so the mayor does that multiple times. After the first time, okay, he wants to write it off. Let's not panic. It's a one-off thing. Okay, maybe, 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 maybe. But after the Kittner boy boy dies, that's inexcusable. <laughs> and I feel so bad for for the mom, and, or for Brody, really, because you know Brody wanted to shut it down. It's not of his course. fault. But when Mrs. Kittner comes up to him and smacks him and says all that, it's like, oh, oh he's scene. not the, what smack the mayor. Scene. You know, it's not him. They, they're they pointing the, the finger at the, the new guy and the, the cop who didn't shut it down, but he had no choice. It, it is a great representation of politics. Yeah. Right? Like the the mayor says, do it. The backfires are like, well, the sheriff didn't do what he was supposed right. to do. And the, you know, so it's it's a great look at, you know, maybe not small politics in general or even just work. Right. Like how many times have you the boss, your yeah. boss has said, told you to do something and you're just like, that's not a good idea. And then it's not a good idea. And then they come back to you. But if it goes well, who gets the credit? It's, absolutely. Absolutely. And and, Sh- and Scheider, he has his performance throughout the entire film oh, is is, so is great but especially in this scene you can see how hurt he is in his face and then the the following scene when he's talking to his wife you can see how distraught he is over this because he was upset with the first death of the woman who died right. and and so to have that kind of guilt that comes later on when all the people go into the into the water the next day and like we said the kittner boy is out there at in the water and is this the, real quick before yeah. we does the scene with with him going over with Brody going through the shark book, and then her, her Helen coming in and talking to him is that after the Kittner boys attacked or is that before? Because the, the scene that's, that's, that Matt um, would be able to tell you, I think that's after. Is it? I'm trying to remember. Is it, it was the only reason. I, the only reason I ask is because there's a mo- there, like in, I was thinking. Of it is. I, it is after because okay. she said something about. He's mad about the sun being in the boat, and yeah. she says he'll probably never get in the water again after today. Oh, meaning right. the, okay. this whole this it. whole little scene right here, I think I, I just watched Poltergeist again for the you know in a little bit, and there's a scene in that where Craig T. Nelson and um, his the, the woman who plays his wife, Joe Beth Williams, yeah. are sitting are sitting in the in their bed, and they're both smoking weed, and they're just they're people, right? They're just two people who are married who love each other, and they're just having this conversation. That seems very natural, and of course, the you know Spielberg may or may not have directed most of Poltergeist, but <laughs> we don't, you know. Uh, I, so there's a, the I scene agree, here. Though. the The scenes between the two of them are really, really good, and I especially like that one when she's in his lap and he's distraught, and she's you says, want to get drunk fool and fool around. You want to get drunk it, and fool around? He's like, just, yeah. 
it feels so natural between the two of them. That's the scene yeah. where it really clicked for me. Like, yeah, this is a real married couple. It feels like it. But I also like that there's that the scene where, you know, she, the kid's in the boat and uh, he's like, you know, get out of the boat, get out of the boat. And she's like, just let him be. And then she looks at the picture of the shark attacking the boat. And she's like, you get out of that boat right now. Like, it's just there's, well, I, there's I, comedic beats that I think are very that aren't forced. They're natural. Are. They're natural and, comedic beats that I think are, are wonderful. And I like how she backs up Brody. She's like, listen to your yeah, father. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we go, to the, we go to the beach. People are swimming and, you know, Brody doesn't really want his kids to get in the water. Um, and then the Kittner boy, you know, I, I think this is a good interaction where he's like, can I just go out for a little bit longer? And she's like, put some sunscreen on your face and go. And the kid runs out with the bright yellow uh, flotation device gets out in the water also i'm just kind of curious as to like how how far out are these kids going right because you get the <laughs> underwater scenes where it shows them they're all treading water and yeah if how it's deep supposed is to be that the, water? from the shark's point of view look at the size of the shark i was, yeah. I was thinking and if he's that low underneath of him it must be like a sheer drop off you, <laughs> you, you walk three foot off the beach and it just goes down into a trench <laughs> right that's exactly yeah, it. also so. they're out there treading water for a long time oh I mean, that's, long that's time pretty, that's pretty tiring <laughs> oh yeah and look at how whenever they whenever someone gets attacked and they blow the whistle and get everyone back it takes them a, a minute to swim yeah. back well what's great about that scene on the beach is him he's focused at looking at the water and he's got all these people yakking in his bugging ear him, the whole time. bugging him this mm-hmm. is where you get the uh this, so this stressful is, J- <laughs> is this jj's production company oh what? bad hat harry bad hat harry oh that's yeah. where it comes from yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's okay. yeah it's, it's jj though it's jj though right that's whose it is well, he's uh, bad no no i think it's it's uh it's uh brian singer oh <laughs> yeah oh Yikes. no yeah uh, no bad, bad robot, robot is, is that's right that's jj's right. That's You're right. It is Brian Singer. That's why we don't hear that Yikes. anymore. Yeah, yeah. So that, which I think is great. You know, the guy's wearing the goofy hat. And to your point, this is a great scene where Brody's trying to look out in the water, and people keep bugging him. And then out of the corner, like you, I'm trying to think. Was this do that? You see it that from, shot do you see it from the zoom in background? Oh, that's thing? great, isn't it? That's it's so it's, it's so such great. A cool but, shot. but do you see it from Brody's point of view, or do you see it happening? I'm trying to think. You see it back and forth. You talk about you, yeah. you see point of view of the shark coming up to the flotation device. Right, with the kid right, on right, it. right. You see him screaming. And I think and that's see, when it does the zoom. And then you see it like him. you see that you see everything happening in the water. Right, and you, other kids are screaming. And then you see kind of like a fountain of blood. And yes, yeah, yeah that is my. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh the 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 blood that they use in this movie, especially the yeah, like you said, the fountain of blood on the Kidner yeah. boy, is so crazy. <laughs> and I can see how that would be absolutely terrifying, especially at this time when you're oh, not man. seeing a ton of stuff like that. And nope. it's a PG it, movie, like right? Like, this right. is a PG movie, which is bonkers. Oh Spielberg! Hey, there was what's he going to do? There was no I it, know PG thirteen, and it didn't raise the level of rated R. Well, it would have. There's a scene in a second that. They had to cut because it was going to get a rated R rating. Um, That's what I mean, though. Spielberg, the the man responsible for the PG thirteen, yeah, right, right. So obviously, the, the in a very in a heartbreaking scene, all of the kids are back at the beach. We see Mrs. Kittner kind of looking for her son, and then we see just like bloody water and pieces of the the yellow floaty come floating back in, and we know that poor Kittner boy is. Not to be found. 
So they're putting up a reward for this shark, well, and then I you think get... she does right. Like Miss Miss Kidner puts she up. Does. Yes. Yeah, she does. And right. we get that introduction to Quint, and this is such oh, a great God, introduction. He's so good, Robert Shaw in this role. He is the he plays the perfect old sailor, old fisherman, wise old loony. His sayings <laughs> are just so crazy, and his performance, he, he seems so off, but also so expert in what he does that no one else can do as, as good as he can. It's a really great performance. Yeah, he is probably, yeah, he's amazing. Apparently, he was yeah. drunk a lot. Oh, <laughs> those <laughs> and, shots they were taking weren't... Uh, no nope. water. <laughs> no, nope. but there's. I don't know if it was this scene or the scene on the boat where he gives the speech, and apparently on one day he was so drunk that they just, you know, it, it was bad. He came in the next day to Spielberg. It was like, let me do that again. <laughs> and then, I, and I can't remember if it was this scene or the one on the boat where he's talking about the USS in Indianapolis. Okay, but it was one of those two scenes, and then okay. you get the performance that you get in this movie. But he basically, it's like. Yeah, I'll find him for three thousand. I'll kill him for ten thousand. Right, right, and right. No one bites on that, pun intended. But <laughs> they, all these, all these fishermen are attracted to try to take down this shark. But clearly, they're all doing it haphazardly. They're all trying to pack. Oh, on it's, boats a, it's, a, and it's Oh my god, it's I, ridiculous. It's crazy that we get both introductions this quickly. Right, like so, you get Quint at the at the town meeting, and then you get Hooper. Is coming wow, in after. All of these, yeah. all these morons are trying to jump in the boat, and you get a pretty good idea of Hooper, Hooper's character, where he's like, "Hey, man, you, you can't put that many people in that boat." And they're like, "Nah, get out of here, city boy." Um, That's why the screenplay is so well regarded and studied by film students because yeah. it is a perfect screenplay. It's so tight; it does not have downtime. It introduces the characters so so well right like one after another you get an introduction to who these characters are there's no fat on this script no. it just it just keep moving keeps going and it's a it's, two-hour movie and it does not feel like a two-hour movie no it, it really no. does move at a great there's no pace. lull in it yeah. no by the way this this scene with everybody you know showing up to hunt the shark there's a little bit that cracks me up every time is the harbor <laughs> master comes out sees everybody but he's just pouring himself a bowl of rice krispies he's doing nothing <laughs> that's his job is to he's the harbor master he should be controlling all this and he's just sitting there smoking a corn cob pipe and eating breakfast there's no one, that guy and then there's the deputy where brody's like get out there and do something these are your people you he's like these, no they're not they're from rhode island or massachusetts like these aren't my people yeah it's great and there's nobody doing what they should do except for Brody. And Brody is the new guy in town. So right. he has so little power, even though he's the sheriff, but the respect is what he lacks from people. And so they're kind of just walking all over him and doing their thing. And and then we get the scene where the guys on the dock <laughs> are trying to get Bruce oh. and he swims away with the dock. And then oh, I think what a, that, that's I've, Godzilla. Godzilla 98 yeah. is what I thought about when I saw that. But the iconography, the, the way that the, terror that is struck into you when you see the dock coming back that is such a great visual for not seeing the shark but knowing the dock is attached to him and it goes out and it comes back in as the guy's trying to swim to safety i thought that was one of and, the most stressful and they use moments. that later with the barrels you know sure I mean? you, exactly. don't have to, you don't have to see the shark you know where it's there because yeah. you see the barrels moving. but that's the ingenuity of to me that's one of the things i love about um like 70s and 80s filmmaking is you have these ideas, right? Like the idea was we're going to show this shark as much as we can. We're going to build this massive mechanical shark. It works in a pool. And as soon as we put it in the salt water, that shark says, nope, 
I'm not working. So yeah. they have to they have to MacGyver it. They have to figure out a way to get this shark to work. And it's I think if you see this shark as much as they wanted to, this movie isn't as effective. Right, no, you lose all it's the not tension. as good. This they lucked into it and yeah. and it really is amazing because if you would have seen the shark right away it wouldn't have mattered. It would have been just another monster Correct. movie. But they Correct. build up the tension and the horror of what you don't see. And you imagine, how big is this thing? It's doing all this crazy stuff. We never right. see it. And this scene is tense because you just see a dock and you see a guy swimming for his life and it's getting closer and closer. All of that is terrifying and effective. So it's amazing how he lucked out with, with the shark not working because when you do see it, it's like, crap, there it is. Yeah, right, right, right. Um so, of course, all of these townsfolk, they think they've caught the shark. They they string it up. <laughs> it's one of my... I I use this to this day when they're asking what kind of shark it is. And Hooper's like, oh, it's a tiger shark. And the guy turns around and goes, a what? <laughs> like, I, I, I love, that, love that. It's such a great, like, two-second bit that is just fantastic. And they want to cut it open. Basically, Hooper and Brody want to cut the shark open. And I think the mayor has a good point. He's like, I'm not going to cut that shark open if this is the shark and have that Kittner boy come tumbling out on the dock. And I was like, that's fair. That's a fair. <laughs> As a human being, I'm like, that's a fair thing. If to he not even want to happen. really thinks, if he actually believes that he wants that to be and wants people to think it is. But does he really think that? Maybe. It? But I think, I I think, so. I think it's a legitimate just... reason. Yeah, I think he really wanted that to be the shark, and in his mind, that I mean, that was a pretty big shark, so it made yeah. sense, I guess. Okay. okay. We find out that it's not the shark. No. Brody has Hooper, is Hooper over for a, dinner, and they're like, they go cut the shark open. Hooper's a marine biologist from yeah. Ocean Institute. Oceanographic Institute. Okay, so so that he's the expert that Brody has called in to study these things. So you, he's a great character because he gets the science part of it right he knows the animals he knows the ocean he does have some sailing experience so he can at least help out with the boat later and he's a really good character to brody is obviously great and he wants to go kill this shark but he doesn't have the skills and we didn't mention he's afraid of water terrified of water so he's not exactly the perfect person to go even though he wants to kill the shark (laughs) so you get a really good team up here of a scientist who understands the water the sheriff who wants to protect people and kill the shark and then eventually we'll get to quint who is an expert hunter Uh, and he's a wackadoo well that that part yeah uh so they go they realize that the shark is not the right one they find hunks of fish they find uh, license plates that scene so, you're like oh even though you can't smell it the way you know Dreyfus it smells awful performs it as <laughs> yeah, he's trying right, to cut right, right. it uh, reminded me of cutting open the tauntaun and empire very similar the way he very cut, similar i'm thinking yeah. like oh is there some kind of homage here either way but maybe but he, maybe i mean he, it would make sense right he but he cuts it open and you just see his reaction and when the <laughs> with liquid when the water and the foamy water spills out and he goes oh like i don't know i smelt it somehow <laughs> and it was really a great performance to put you there like this is gross right so they go to they hop they go out he's a night they think that this the jaws is a night hunter so they go out where they think he's going to be they end up finding an abandoned boat and hooper decides in his infinite wisdom to go into the water at night i was like you're that's ben gardner's boat it's ben gardner's boat uh who is a character i think we see early in the movie i think we see him somewhere 
I'm sure earlier, we do earlier. Yeah, well, in that scene at the harbor when everybody says he's yeah. he's amongst that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And this scene is terrifying. terrifying. It is. It's, a, it's out of a horror movie. It is. This is yeah. so gross and so scary. When you see the dead body, it, Hooper just goes down to investigate. He wants to basically find. It's evidence not a body. Of, oh well, yeah, his head sticking I out of the hole. Just, I thought. I thought. I always think of this as just the head. Oh, his body's in there. I don't but think maybe, it's just the maybe. head. That's true. That's true. It's a great scare. He's going down to examine the bite marks, and he ends up finding a tooth, which he loses when he gets scared. But yeah, he's just going he had, to... Inf- he's got, he needs to start taping things to his hands, because every time he's scared, he drops something. But, Good Lord. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? He's a scientist. He's not a hunter. He's not a... Right. He's, he's a researcher. He doesn't deal in these... He's looking at the aftermath of things. He's not dealing with the in... You know, in the action, so he, yeah, it, right. it, it's great because it, I mean, he's a great character. He's a, he's a good person. He's knowledgeable. But man, when it comes to doing this stuff, and you know, he eventually he gets some strength later on. But it's still, <laughs> he's he's not perfect at it, right? So like, that's why the three of them together make such a great team because they they work as a unit with all their specialties. Yeah, exactly. But seeing that head though, that gross it head with out. like seaweed <laughs> coming out of the eye socket. Ugh. It's a worm. Is it a worm? I okay. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was like one that. of those little plants or whatever. But okay, it was gross. Whatever it was, it was waving gross. in the water is the dead body. Yeah. So Brody and Hooper go back to the mayor. They're like, "Look, this is not the shark. We've got this thing out there. We have to close the beaches." Oh, but did you have? Do you have the tooth? Because they're like, right. okay, saw this it. is something that cracks me up about that scene. He doesn't have the tooth, but they have Ben Gardner's boat with his corpse in it. Isn't that better proof than a tooth? <laughs> well, I think it is. But the mayor is basically like trying to find any reason he can to right. This is it. that scene that I was talking about where the they're at they're at the front of the Amityville mm-hmm. or not Amityville Amity sign. Uh, <laughs> With the shark, you know, the fin on it and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's he's looking for any excuse to ignore them, even though they're both like, no, we've seen it. We've seen the damage. We've seen the tooth. We clearly know two people have died. That or shark is, it, is still out there. Is it three at this point? Has the guy that was next to the kids in the pond died at this point? No, that's next. That's next. Okay. So, yeah. well, technically three. You've got the girl, then you've got the Kittner boy, and then Ben, ben Gardner. Ben Gardner. So oh, true. Got, ben yeah. So far. yeah. And yeah. then especially, I mean, so yeah, he knows that. And also, people- uh, if you want to count the dog, Pippet. Oh, Pippet. Yeah, poor Pippet. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, so we go to the beach. <laughs> but the mayor's island. more concerned about the graffiti on the sign. That's the point. Yes, where right. like, you Dude. find them, you string them up by their boots. Dude. And I was yeah. like, by their, no, by their Buster, Buster Browns. Browns. By <laughs> their Buster Browns. Yeah, oh, he also... has a great line, too, where he says to uh, to Dreyfus, he goes, you, you'd like to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name in the National Geographic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. I forgot he said that. That's right. <laughs> so we go to the beach. I think this is fantastic where nobody's going in the water. And this is the weird part, right? So the the sheriff is worried, not the sheriff, the mayor is worried about closing the beaches and Brody acquiesces and they don't close the beaches. The beaches are open. People just aren't getting in the water. And it's like, why, why does it matter if people get in the water? So he walks up to like one of the, you know, old patrons of the, of the town. He's like, why aren't you getting in the water? And the guy's like, no, nah, I just put sunscreen on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's, he's like, why don't you go ahead and go out there? And it's like, why does it matter if they're in the water? Who cares? The, the beaches are open. I guess they just want to see people having fun. Maybe they'll leave early if they're. Yes. I also found it funny that how many people came in on that ferry to not go oh, in the water. That's oh, a lot. my gosh. Yeah. There was, I, I like that little montage of the people coming in. I'm like, holy crap. Are, is a little town like that really going to get that much tourism? It, it just seemed I mean, like maybe so it did many back people. Then, right? Yeah. Like, it was a spot. 
Yeah, summer area know. in that in that part of the country. Yeah. I guess it just I was like, wow, that is a ton for a little town. <laughs> By the way, the 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 couple that he goes to and says, "Take your kids out in the water," type thing. Here's something I find really odd about the movie. Look at the differences. Most of the adults are really old and they the have ages. Kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and this is across the board. Mrs. Kittner looks old. The yeah, Brody's. Maybe that they're on the bubble, but there's a lot of them. They're, most uh, of the parents the, seem the really Brody, old. The, Martin Brody looks old. I, that's why I, I think Helen Brody looks like you know she could be the mother of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two the, boys. The, they're you know, the, probably like, the the most normal. Well, I, I think I think Brody looks a little parents. bit old. I, I think Brody may have. Yeah, but you know, I, I was funny. I was talking to Tom about this because I watched a video about people were basically saying, "Why do people look so old?" in the olden days like some of these people aren't as old as you even think they are and it has to do with the way they dress and now so far removed from it we know that's how old people dress but younger people that was just the way they dressed and they never changed throughout the years it's a really interesting thing and it also has to do with medicine and the stuff people eat there's there's a lot of that as well but I get what you're saying. They do look old, but I bet you some of them aren't as old. That's what a younger or middle-aged person That's looked probably like true, yeah. back then. <laughs> and it's it's a really weird mind trick. There's a whole YouTube video on it. I need to find it because I was going to send it to Tom too. But there's someone that did basically an analysis on that and showed how people would dress. Like when they were in their 20s, they would dress like we would think an old person would dress, but they were only 20. And oh, they never stopped sure. dressing like a quote-unquote old person would dress. And, you know, they never change their style of clothes with the times. And so when you look back, they automatically, there's something subconsciously like, oh, they're old, but not back then they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, everybody, you're right, Matt. There is not a single young person to be seen, <laughs> with the exception of, like, Brody's cop buddy. Yeah, right? he's like probably the, the youngest like, guy on the island. He, he has to be. Maybe he they're all. Be. Maybe the grandparents are watching their kids for the maybe, summer. Maybe, maybe, yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, so once once people on the beach see people go out into the water, it, it, everybody floods the water, and we've got helicopters over. We've got lifeguards. We've got boats. Here's the other thing: Why don't they just put up like "Don't go past this line"? You know what uh, I mean? I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, that's kind of hard to do with a huge beach, and I don't but know. But they had it. Like, the, the scene when we see, every, like, everybody gets... Basically, there's there's two kids who, if I were these kids' parents, I would have been livid oh man at this the, point when when yeah. they are floating around with the shark and they freak everybody out and old people are getting trampled and people holding babies are getting run over while people are trying to get out of the water and they're lucky they didn't get shot they've got yeah, 20 no guns joke. drawn on them it, here's another thing they're about the same uh, close to age as the kittner boy that's probably somebody they went to school with i yeah. know they're, now that's they're making even, a that's joke even out crazier of oh those you could tell that there was like the cool group of kids and the kittner boy was on the outskirts <laughs> was, of that it definitely was not so but we should say that um the the brody boys want to get in the water i guess the youngest one doesn't which i think is a like that's a really good head fake where you yeah. think uh the youngest is in the boat as well but we just see him later like playing in the sand brody kind of pull i think it's mike i think michael is the oldest mm-hmm. says hey can you like take the, you're gonna take the boat that's fine can you go to the pond he's like man the pond is for, for old, old people and he was like can you just do your old man a favor i love that line that's a great yeah. line and they go and so they go into the pond, and of course Brody unknowingly has just kind of put his son in the path of the shark. We see, uh, we see another fin. Yeah, we, we, well, time. after everything has kind of calmed down, there's a girl painting on the side, and she sees this fin going into the pond, and of course 
Michael is in the pond. This is the scene that they had to cut because they would have got an R rating. Oh. When the shark hits the guy in the boat, there's a whole if you I think it's either on the Blu-ray or maybe in that documentary okay. where they were gonna show the guy like halfway up out of the water mm. and just blood splurting out of his mouth as oh boy. Jaws was like pulling him underwater <laughs> and they had to cut the whole scene. Like okay. they had to you get what you get in the movie, they had to recut it. But there yeah. was like a I, much I think what you get is really effective. And with I'm the gonna leg tell you, dropping off. Yeah. Yeah. Well even right before then, one of the best shots for me is it's kind of an aerial. You're looking down on him. He's on the, oh. the water edge of boat and you could barely yes. see the shark coming at the mouth open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is really scary looking. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the, the, the jaws is almost like uh, rotated onto his side. Yeah. And he takes a chomp out of the, out of the, the this guy in the boat. Uh, and you see the guy's leg kind of just float to the bottom of the boat. And I do, I do like that when they pull, it's interesting because Jaws gets his little his little snack and then he takes off. He's like, I'm good. Yeah, and I mean the shock on Michael's face because the shark's coming right for him, but he's already it, eaten, so he goes past him. He's been right. fed, but he was so close to being killed. I would be in shock too if that thing yeah. swam past me. But I do like that um when they're pulling Michael out of the water, they make sure to show you that Michael has both of his legs. No, it's a <laughs> that is that is the great you're right. Yeah. That camera angle that they start with his arms and pan down to his legs right. is such I was a like, oh, that's slick. Purposeful, great shot because you're thinking, <laughs> Oh my god, did he get bit? <laughs> Don't legs, worry. Yeah. The kid is okay. So we go to the hospital and Michael's okay. He's just in shock. I he gets to watch TV, so that's good. Yeah, he's no, and fun. also his mom's going to bring him his toy cards and coffee ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's coffee flavor. All... I thought he wanted coffee. I no, he thought coffee, he wanted he too. Coffee flavored ice cream. You want ice cream? Okay, coffee. Okay. Oh, okay, I get it. Get it. Okay. That makes more sense. I thought he did say I want. He's like coffee. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that was so weird. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I and used to love so, that. That was my favorite flavor as a kid, coffee ice cream. Are you cream. serious? I, before I drank coffee, I loved that flavor. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's funny. I don't like coffee, but I do like coffee-flavored yeah. ice cream. Isn't that interesting? I don't think I've ever had, I ever had coffee-flavored ice cream. They don't sell it as much anymore. I don't hardly ever see it on a menu anywhere, but as a kid, I would always ask for coffee ice cream. Weird. I know. So go to the hospital. <laughs> Man, this is where the mayor I, finally acquiesces. and is like, If I were Brody... I'd have knocked him out. Oh yeah, he, he almost got his own family killed. He he Brody Brody has so much composure oh. in this moment where he's like, sign it. Yeah, he brings the paper. Sign the paper. You sign this to, thing. You're yeah. going to give Quint the ten thousand dollars. He's like, yeah. well, I don't know. And even the fact that the mayor still is like, I don't know. He's like stroking his face. Yeah. He's like, what do we do? Blah blah blah. He's like, sign it. Yeah, he's sign not the asking. paper. Brody is. Well, telling he's also him. he's still being a weasel because he says my kids were on that beach too. You know, yeah. trying to. Yeah, I'm a victim like, too. I'm a yeah. victim oh, of vi- yourself. Yes, that's exactly. But, that's a great point, man. What better commentary is there on politics today than yes? Oh, it's not real until it affects me. I'm right. not. Right. I'm going to sign all these anti whatever bills. You fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. But then, oh, all of a sudden, when it affects my kids or whatever it is, oh, yeah. okay, or my family, oh yeah, I support this now. When it's you a different story voted altogether. against it twenty times, it's, it's <laughs> such. A, this is 1975. Even when it was released, maybe this was two years earlier when it was written or whatever, and right. it still holds true today. Of the oh, it doesn't seem real until it affects me, and that's curious. oh, that was the one thing I wanted to say. You know that the screenwriters in this movie. No, where? He plays the guy that runs the paper. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the screenwriter. Now, the, you mean the Gottlieb, same guy that I think is his did name? the book? 
No, no, no. The screenwriter for Jaws for the movie. Well, the, he he the, the wrote author the of the book is too. in the movie. Too. Oh, oh, oh. No, the, I think that's yeah. uh, Peter Benchley wrote the yes. book and the screenplay. Co-wrote the screenplay. And okay, so the, it's the co-writer. Okay, the, Gottlieb is like the guy who runs the paper. Who is Benchley in the movie, Matt? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. I know he's in it, but he's I in there somewhere. Okay, yeah. Uh, so they go to Quint. And I, this is just like the re, like, like this reintroduction of Quint. Yeah, I think is even is, is just fantastic. That is shark haunted shark, shark museum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the bones everywhere. It's so the way it's filmed in and out of the mouths of these sharks. So skulls great. And he's pulling and like the shark shark teeth like out of the, the yeah the jaws out boiling of the, them boiling water. Right. Which by has, the way in real life would would melt because most shark bones are made of cartilage. Oh, oh that's tried to funny. boil it, it would, it would just make a mess out of okay, it. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Now. I noticed he has some huge jaws hanging up where he does. I was like, whoa, he's got some really big ones. I guess maybe this is the 15-footer he talks about, maybe? Oh, it could be, yeah. Because it was yeah. bigger. It was huge, and I know that Bruce is ginormous, but I was just impressed with the jaw size of the one you see at the entrance or wherever, you know, the big one they shoot through. It's like, right. wow, okay, this it's, is the guy. It's a big one. It's a big one. So he agrees to do it, and he kind of agrees to let Hooper and brody go with them he doesn't really want them to go but he, he doesn't have a choice there yeah he they, realizes that the only way to get this money is to let them go with him this is brody's uh, mission or whatever uh, and it is he now he's it. like i'm i'm gonna end this now i do like the where he kind of calls quint a city boy and he's like i don't need this blue collar working bullshit from this guy <laughs> like i oh i think yeah. that's they uh, the when you get the three of them together oh yeah and they're all on the same page right and they're not antagonizing each other and they're just with each other i think it's like when they're singing that the song and they finally singing get on the, the song, same page but like even when they're on like on the boat and they're you know he's quint is yelling at hooper to do things on the boat and quint or hooper is not being his normal snark but he's like he is with you know he's with quint and he's doing everything well it's really fun i think once they get to the boat it's so good yeah well yeah it's great on the boat but they're also at odds they're each one is not doing something right. So right, yeah. you've and, got Brody and, and is scared has of no idea what he's doing. Yeah, at he all. can't sail. He's scared of water, and he's telling him to do stuff, and he's not doing it right. Then Hooper wants to do his science stuff, and Quint's like, "What are you? I told you steer the boat. Do this, do that." And he's <laughs> trying to do all his scientific stuff, and so they're all kind of at odds and not doing something right. But it does eventually click, and then yeah. you get to the part where. Quint tells the story, and then oh, it's so good. They all start singing, and you're like, "Okay, these guys are a team now." There's there's a bunch of mini parts in this on this boat that I think are fantastic. The first one is, "Why don't you come down here and chum some of this?" And he's throwing <laughs> it over the, you know, he's throwing it over, and then Jaws pops up out of the water. It's a great scene, and he back like he and he. St- I use that as a gif a lot. Yeah, is him just like standing straight up? Like, wait, what? backs into the walks backwards into the cabin yeah. and this is the you're gonna one of the most boat. Uh, yeah one of the most iconic, iconic lines, lines of all time movie history yeah there's another scene where quint is sitting they're sitting down and, and hooper brody's trying to learn how to tie a knot and quint sees the the fishing reel click and he looks at it like it, it's so slick he looks at it side eye and it does it again. It just keeps looking at it. Oh, he, the silent, unspoken. And, when Quint, yes, and he puts yeah. the shoulder harnesses on, 
and he picks up the th- the the fishing reel and puts it into the little holder. And Hooper's and like, "I got it," or whatever. He finds, <laughs> yeah, and right. Meanwhile, Quint's like, "Yeah, I'm hooking this shark." Here. And he, yeah, right. You can see him like slowly starting to hook things together, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Sheriff, yeah, move, yeah, move." And he he has to like, you know, he has Brody like put water on the on the reel so it doesn't burn and snap. Don't drown uh, me over here. That's so oh many man, good, it's so, so many it's good so lines. Great. And, yeah. and the interactions between them. I love that where he's just like, all right, get behind me. And he's telling him what to do. He's trying to direct him. And, and I love the unspokenness, but then I also love the teamwork here. And it's such a tense moment because you're like, oh my God, does he have it? And they're doubting him. Right. Oh, doubting, they, oh, he has it. But they're doubting Quint. And they're like, that can't be a, a shark. And, and, and it goes under the boat. And you're so... You're like, oh man, does he really have it? And then eventually, when the line snaps, he's like, you, "What? You think a small shark just got through this <laughs> gonna, line here?" Yeah, right. So they shoot. They end up. They figure out that like, if we shoot him with these barrels, he can't go underwater. Like <laughs> the, the the barrels are too heavy. He'll be fine. Well, again, because they can't show the shark, this is a brilliant way to show you where the shark is, and a brilliant way to show you how big and strong this right. what what he theorizes is a few tons 25 foot long shark can do he's dragging one two eventually three barrels underwater three barrels underwater and they didn't yeah. think one would be possible to or how no. long you would go under it wouldn't be long so their only option at this point they feel is to put hooper in a shark cage and i do love that brody's like he's gonna destroy what are you talking about well we this should is say a terrible idea well we should say they jaws his destroyed the ship at this point i mean if we're jumping uh, ahead that yeah the ship is almost hit the engine is blowing out they can't even move anywhere they're out of right? options yeah uh, it was the the salt water got in the engine it, the, oh okay 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 point. it blew up well, we're all the smoke. jumping way ahead yeah on this i did want to mention one thing you said yeah. so many great scenes on the boat one i really like is the quint and hooper comparing scars scars Battle wounds yeah. but there's there's a great scene where Brody lifts up his shirt and looks at an appendix scar on his side and kind of mm. changes his mind, kind of puts his shirt back on. I was on. Like wondering. He, he, wants yeah. to, he wants to join in, but he uh, knows that an appendix scar isn't really a great what if it's, what if it? What if it's not an appendix scar? What if it's a gunshot wound? Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. And he doesn't want to have that conversation. That's why he's, that's why oh. he's an Emmett. Oh, you know, I never oh. thought about that. That's pretty good. That's... I don't know. I'm totally, like, that's, that's, that I'm totally guessing, but like, I, the theory that I've heard oh. is that, he took a gunshot wound, okay. and that's why he left New York was oh. to to get out of police work and take a an easier life in Amity. Those are both than, good reads. I like that. Yeah. I I wasn't sure because I noticed that moment where he lifted it and didn't say anything like he wanted to join, and I couldn't think of it. And I like both those explanations. I like it. That's a that's a great moment though because that's when they finally bond. Quentin Hooper at odds the entire time until they're sharing injuries, and then Quint's laughing and joking, and I'll whatever your leg, and you'll here's this. I'll drink here's to my the, leg. Yeah. I'll drink to yeah. mine. You drink to yours. Yeah, that's <laughs> the first time you see them actually getting along, and they're starting to become friends and get on the same page. It's it's a nice moment. Yeah, it is. And then what else, so, Matt? What else before we get to the other yeah. stuff on the oh, boat? Oh, another thing on the boat, and this is just a great shot, is every time they've got to go to the front, you know, they've got a shimmy along the side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, he'll shoot, show one of the shoes slipping. You know, like yeah. the, you know oh, and to sure. me, it's great because it's like, wow, you know, you could fall right off the edge of that boat any moment. Yeah, the tension, especially when it comes to Brody, who's scared of water. Yeah. You keep thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> is he going to slip? Nope. Check offs, check offs, check off shoes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Slip. That's right. 
So Hooper has, I, I don't know what it is. Basically, I guess poison. I guess that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And he cannot get it. Th- like he's got this needle, but he can't get it through the hide of the shark. So what he has to do is his theory is like, I can get it into the in- If I can get to the inside of his mouth, I can a get spear. it. In right. And the only way they could do that is to put him into the shark cage. And at this point, again, they're out of options because I'm, I'm fairly positive. I Matt, think tell it, me if this isn't correct, but I'm pretty sure this is when Quint is running the boat at full steam and the engine's all yes, blown the engine, out. Yeah, yeah. And they Thank, even told him not to do it, and he's that's blowing right, him that's off. Right. And then, yeah. well, then they're, they're trying to get him to drown himself is what they're trying yeah. to do. They're trying, trying to get, get him get, into the shallow water. Yeah, Right, and, exactly. And Quint is Ahab. He's, right. oh, yeah. tr- he's transfixed on... You know, this is his white whale, and he's trying to get. He's blinded by the the hunt and trying to get this shark. And so, yeah, he's full full steam ahead, and clearly, it's going to blow out the engines. It eventually does. So now they're kind of just floating there, and he doesn't apologize. He doesn't say it, but you just see the look on Quinn's face, and he's like, "So yeah, tell me about this cage. You think? Are you really think this stuff will work?" And it's like, "Tell me how this science stuff works." He can't admit defeat, but he's like, he finally gives in to Hooper. Okay, tell he's me. He's wearing. He's he's like he's dressed right. Like he's got his jacket on. He's got his hat on. He looks like a, a sober version of Quint. Yeah. Where he's just like, "Oh, okay." And at this you point, right. doesn't he give the other guys life jackets? Uh, yes. No, that's when the that's when the boat was sinking. Okay. Okay. Oh, I mean, that I, no, it, it, it I is. It is. Yeah. The boat's it almost, I mean, it's, it's, got, it, it's yeah, waterlogged. It, it's can't yes. move. And I think he's at this point, he's like, here's the life jacks. I like that. It's all those <laughs> subtle body language actions right. that are Quint admitting defeat because he's in control. He thinks he's the best of the best. He's going to get this shark. No problems. No worries. And then he tries everything. And then finally, once his hubris gets the best of him, you see him just start acquiescing a little bit, starts handing out right. the life jackets. He's asking like, right. And then, of course, he doesn't keep one for himself because he made the he line. Does. He said the line early. He'd never put on a life jacket again. Exactly. I, oh, yeah, and sure. I'm like, he hands them out and doesn't put one on, which is a nice visual callback. So they put Hooper into the shark cage, which is just bonkers there's no way the, I, look there's no way i would go into that water in a cage <laughs> there's no way uh, i've seen videos where that does not work out it's very no. scary it's that, very where scary the, where the sharks can crash and bite those things apart there's yeah. one that's terrifying a real life video this is probably years back now but of course you can find it somewhere where the person narrowly escapes like the the cage is destroyed you see a camera underwater and they're in there and they like somehow the shark takes the cage and they narrowly escape it and oh. you're just like terrified for them and the people on the boat are like oh my god it's gone <laughs> like they think the guy is dead and then i searched for shark attack and google last night when i was doing some show prep and apparently there's an i didn't even watch it but apparently it was like three days old there was some crazy video of a shark getting the cage so i don't know it it happens again the point is that cage is not going to protect you nope from these huge sharks maybe all the time. maybe from like a smaller shark. Yeah, maybe shark, but not this some bitch. Yeah. You know. Oh, by the way, speaking of scale, if I have one complaint in this movie which I consider mm-hmm. to be perfect is during the scene where he's in the cage, the scale of the shark seems to change. It does. They use they use for one they use actual footage of a shark at one point yeah, and it doesn't yeah. match the the thing. And then when it gets caught on the top of the cage, yeah. It's, you know, before you can see it's almost the length of the entire boat. You know, mm-hmm. and then when it's on top of the cage, it seems a little bit smaller. But that minor quibble. I, oh. I agree. When you see 
this is this is our, this is kind of our first good look at Bruce uh, and how big it is is when Hooper's in this cage and he sees it coming and it attack you know Bruce attacks the cage and it's this massive and it's tearing it apart and it looks like a I mean a monster right like it looks like a monster shark and then to your point Matt uh, they use real footage of a shark getting stuck in the cage and it, it's it's very effective it gives you an idea of like it looks like Bruce is tearing the cage apart. But it is significantly smaller when, you know, because like I said, it's real footage of a shark getting stuck in that cage and thrashing and spinning and trying to get out. But it is significantly smaller. I do appreciate the real footage. And I know at the end of the movie, it looks like a married couple is the one that got the footage. It was, you know, two two people with the same last name. They said Mm. shark photography or underwater photography by so-and-so. I I couldn't find the name again real quick but I, I appreciate them working that in because I do think that helped with the realism that you weren't always seeing a mechanical shark so even if the scale was a little off I yeah. think in the moment and it's so terrifying and the way that they cut it was still really effective so I get that it doesn't ruin the experience or anything I was looking up the world's largest reco- recorded great white shark was 20 feet so being 25 okay. feet that's actually pretty close to realistic it's not like 25 feet is so far outside the realm of being a no? ridiculous monster. Like there was a 20 foot one they found uh, 20 feet in length and can weigh up to 5,000 pounds. And Quint I says he's got, sh- Quint says he's got three tons on him, which is 6,000 pounds. So like that wasn't even far off from that's a big old shark. Man. That's terrifying. That's and, terrifying. And then, and then, <laughs> That's not even the biggest shark. The biggest shark is the Megalodon, which is what the Meg is based on. That's not real, though. Yes. It's still alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's okay, real. Okay, okay. It was a real thing. Estimates suggest it grew to be between 15 and 18 meters, three feet and a meter, means. and we just said 20 was the biggest great white shark, three times the size of what Jaws is supposed to be was a real prehistoric shark. Nope. I mean, that's like a literal whale, like nope. whale You know, we talk shark. about like hu- human beings are like the top of the food chain. Uh, no, we're not. What? Oh, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, not even close. That's the interesting discussion, and I think we touched upon it in our review of Nope last week, is it's like, what gives humans the rights to say they lay claim to this land and this water? If, if you put a human with a cheetah, with a tiger, <laughs> with a lion, with a shark, with a, there, we're not we're we're smarter we're we're able to yeah. hide from these things to protect ourselves build cages right so we're smarter but when it comes to just power and no prep no prep time the, the, yeah if you just put <laughs> not uh, wits against each other but just the physical i mean no way no yeah. what's well, what was the what was the dicaprio movie with the bear the Revenant. The Revenant. The yeah. Revenant. There's a there's a prime example. Buddy. Bears or another one. You're right. I mean, yeah. It's luckily we've got the brain power to to you know be seven to eight billion strong on Earth and be able to survive right. well enough against these things. Because yeah, if it came to nature, nope. yeah, no way. Nope. This is the scene I always forget as to how the shark gets onto the boat. Well, they just they, is it just sink. Is it? It's just sinking. It's right? already sinking, and it just kind of leaps up onto the back and then makes the boat tilt. That's right. And that's right. And of course, three times at this point with three yeah, barrels. St- well, and even um, you can see Hooper is like stabbing him when he's in the cage. Like Brody shooting him, him from Brody above. Shooting the, him. Yeah, yeah the, there's nothing that is working. And, and the, yeah, the thing is just huge. He's a machine. He's that's why the Terminator. Literally. Terminator is basically Jaws. Jaws. It's <laughs> he's just this unstoppable killing machine. That's right. So unfortunately, this is where we lose Quint in what is just like one of the oh. most 
heart not even heartbreaking but just well it's slow like, oh come it's a on. slow it's death. slow right he's quint is sliding down the boat jaws is on the boat and quint is like using his feet to like try to kick him yeah. off kick him off and he misses once yeah. and that's all it takes and the his foot goes into uh jaws's mouth and chomps so, down so and, swallows and, like, starts up to, to his like, midsection and then is yes and then chomps down even more and the blood and coming out of his mouth when he chops the, his midsection. the sound effect of I, like the crunch this is where i can't believe it's not r this part where right. they, they did leave can, in the fact that this was the they're like the with the the guy in the boat they're like no take that part out but you can leave this part of quint yeah. getting chewed up in that's fine which is the, the quint does get quint does get a couple good licks in yeah. this is where he grabs the machete that he had yeah. left on the side of the boat earlier and he's kind of stabbing at bruce a little and then mm-hmm. you know whatever good that did. check off some yeah. machete that's there right. Go. Should have got him in the eye. That probably would have. That's what I'm saying. Go, go for the eyeballs. Yep. Uh, so, oh, that just reminds me of that good scene when he's talking about all you see is his beady little eyes. and Like a Quint, doll's eye. You yeah, know what it reminded Quint me of? Such Halloween. What's that? Oh, yeah. that The whole the, the speech when about. Lo- Loomis gives yeah. a speech about, you know, I didn't see. He didn't have a child's eyes. He had yeah. the devil's eyes. So Brody is now on his own. And we know, of course, talk about Chekhov's air tank. Well, that's Where, good. That's a that's a smart that's a good, setup. That's that a, a smart very, setup. When they he's just got these air tanks for diving, and he said, "Oh, be careful, they'll explode," and that right. gives that gives Brody the idea later on. So it's a really smart setup. That's what we talk about in Nope, which I won't spoil it, but there's things set up very smartly in Nope. Yeah, that's a good screenplay when you're not winking at the camera, but you're introducing things organically, and Let's they just pay put it- off. There's a reason Nope and Jaws are in the same conversation. Well, that there's a lot of people saying, yeah. "Oh, it's like Jaws." Right. So this point too, we have to remember that Hooper, they think he's dead because they didn't see him come up from the shark cage. But Hooper's right. kind of hiding behind a reef somewhere. Smart. You know, yeah. you get, you get yourself in a spot where you that that giant shark can't get in. The boat is sinking. Only the crow's nest is basically above water. Just, just a brilliant shot. Quint has has now Quint been is, killed. Is gone. So, I do like that when we see Bruce's teeth, like he's got like flesh and like <laughs> muck like on his teeth still. Yeah. So Brody is laying down. He's got this bare bones rifle and he knows that like, this tank is inside the mouth of Bruce. Yeah, he throws so he's just it in waiting. there. He's waiting for the to get the shot. And I do think it's crazy. I'm like, stop wasting your bullets. Like, what are you shooting at? You're not even (sighs) trying to hit anything. He's only got so many chances because the boat's about to sink. So he's going to be in water. So he's trying as as much as he can. But I love that they give him the kill line. Smile, (laughs) smile, you son of a... (laughs) They give him, by the way, they give him a different one in in two. They do. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's right. And it's almost the exact same setup. Yeah, it's wow. crazy that two. I, the only thing that's different about two is Roy Scheider is much more tan. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he is like Hulk Hogan tan. Oh, it's wow. crazy! <laughs> it's crazy how tan he is. Well, they uh, he got a vacation as part of he his package have. for the movie. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we Bruce blows up in ex, you know it's great uh, shark guts spectacular fashion, <laughs> uh, and the movie kind of ends with uh, with. Brody Hooper pops back up and he sees Brody kind of on the 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 crow's the, not it's not a crow's nest but it's like the the that's what it is it yeah. is yeah the thing is that top. what it is that's what he's yeah. on yeah okay okay mm-hmm. I was thinking it was where Quint was like shooting the the arrow or the no uh uh-uh. uh okay. mean on the bow okay. no, no yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah 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 you're right yeah no it was in the crow's nest that's the only thing left that he was it was, it was the, the tallest point of the ship yeah. so 
that's fair. But less is more. I love the unspoken, just the visuals, the nodding, and then mm-hmm. Quint, no. That's all they say. And right. it's just this moment where like... It's very simple. It's They're in disbelief. They're all in shock of what happened. They all almost just died. Of course, Quint did. But those two were almost goners. And I thought it was just a very believable moment. But the reunion is very nice where Brody does not believe that Hooper made it. And what a what a cool relief and reveal for him like oh my god someone else actually made it through this yeah and i I love that they have to like take two of the buoys tie them to like Mm -hmm. a piece of the ship and why i mean i wish i could remember the line where he's just like just keep kicking yeah oh yeah well yeah what day is it and he goes it's wednesday and he thinks i think the tide is with us yeah he's like yeah and he's like just keep kicking and then the movie just ends i can't believe how they don't wrap (laughs) i mean nothing is bad but it's an interesting choice because usually they tag movies tag a little extra something happy moment the characters survive but just them being alive is your moment because after that credits roll and you just barely see two people in the ocean going back right 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 and you you don't know how far when the credits roll you see it looking down on the beach and you could see them it's real tiny right them arriving on the beach that's what i mean you just barely see two people coming in to to land but i wondered if maybe they didn't shoot that and it's just two just people stock coming in yeah. and that's why yeah. they couldn't get as close that may have been a additional just a guess i don't know maybe it was a choice just to have them but you know what i mean it, it was so far away it made me think hmm i wonder if that's them but so it, before we get out of here do you know what the budget was on this do I know what the budget was on this? No, I don't believe so. $9 million. Do okay. you know how much the box office was? I do, because I just looked it up. 200 <laughs> and something? Oh, I've got it listed here on Wikipedia at 472. Well, there's that's They're all They're counting releases. the times that they oh, had Oh, the back. re-releases. It I'll made, count yeah. it. That, to me, that counts. Right. $472 million. But you got a 260 million is what this thing made on Initially, its original release. So that's crazy. And 1975 dollars. So it's nine. The fact that this movie cost nine million dollars with a troubled uh, production. Yeah, that's it's crazy. A, it's incredible, and that's obviously one of the reasons why Spielberg became the guy. Obviously, he showed his talent, but he was the guy after this. And adjusted for inflation, this movie sits at number seven all time. Adjusted yep. for inflation, this would be today. I think with all the releases, though, but this would be $1.172 billion. That's crazy. Ooh. So, yeah. I, 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 agree, I agree with Matt. I think this is one of the greatest films of all time. This is easily top five for me. Yeah, me too. It's excellent. I, yeah. I love this movie so much. It's so good. I'm, and this is the beginning of the summer blockbuster. This is the movie that kicks off the, the summer blockbuster craze that I don't even think is really a thing anymore. I feel like well, blockbusters come yeah, out all the no, time. No, it is. You think so? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the past couple of years have been weird, you know, because of COVID. But sure, they still have the biggest movies. Well, they've been extending it though, right? It right, used to right. Be between May and and August, and now they keep backing it up to. Yeah, maybe this. I mean, when, when, you, when you have a Marvel movie coming out in February, yeah, I get, that's like I get what you. I get what you're both saying. I, I believe it's true. The biggest movies a lot of them still do come out in summer but they can release movies in february and march and make as much as some of the biggest blockbusters so it's getting the lines blurring a bit they exist but also it seems like you can release a summer blockbuster any time of the year now so it's not just relegated where it used to be like oh my god this is the biggest movie it it is is, you're right that's what it is all movies any event movie that comes out any time of the year 
is what a blockbuster was just during the summer, right? So right. it's your superhero right. movies. Whenever they come out is when you're going to get a blockbuster. Uh, when you, Now a, a Mission Impossible movie is like that. Top Gun was like that. Anything that lives in that world. In is, the 90s, it was always a Disney movie. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was yeah. the big Disney movie came out in the summer. Or you had a Cameron movie. Right, like there was a James. If a James Cameron movie came out, that was like yeah. an event. And, well, every you know. twelve years when they come out, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was Titanic, and then there. Well, twenty I mean, years go later, back even further than that. Go Terminator Two. Yeah, but I don't think those movies at that point in time were. I'm not saying they weren't big at all. Those were summer blockbusters, but but yeah, you know, Titanic, Titanic is and, another level. And Avatar became what a Marvel movie is now. Now, now every movie Marvel movie is an Avatar. Correct. Doesn't I mean Correct. that's just every Jurassic World came out and beat that. Like, you know, any big movie that's a blockbuster has the power to be what those were. But at the time, obviously, that was insane for Titanic in 97 to come out. <laughs> and that is above Jaws. That is, let me, I, oh, number I think four or five. I think I moved off it. Uh, yeah, it is number five. So Titanic yeah. adjusted just barely, but it, because it came out 20 years later with inflation and everything, but 1.29, so almost 1.3 billion. The Sound of Music, 1.303, barely so edging crazy. that out. It's still up there. I know, but Star Wars 77, 1.629 billion. And I think we all know what number one is. You know what it is? I mean, that I, I, show I, that toured around in 1930 for a nickel a showing for <laughs> 10 years it toured. <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Gone with the Wind, it was like, it would just tour around, and showtimes were so cheap, but it toured around for years, <laughs> and it was so long ago that, yeah, adjusted for inflation, $1.85 billion. That's hilarious. That's Nothing pretty good. Gets, I mean, Star Wars for inflation is close, but nowadays, it's Nothing's like... Nothing's going to... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, that's so, so high up there. I mean, they're that's getting funny. there, though. I think worldwide, I believe these are domestic listings, but worldwide didn't... Avatar get close to one. Avatar point. got close, yeah. Nine or something, yeah. So no, we get look forward to more of those. Yeah. So that yeah, this is it's a great movie. I see why you guys love it. Again, I really like it too. I think I just don't have the nostalgia of it's really good. And oh, I watched this so much as a kid. It's such a great movie. But it can definitely recognize all the technical, the screenplay, oh, the score, amazing. the cinematography, the. The horror and the performances. It's a Fourth of, Ju- it's a fourth of July tradition. I was just going to say that it's every Fourth of July. Yeah. I have to watch it. Yeah, no matter what. It's, we do. Uh, we do a New Hope and Jaws. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two for the the Fourth of July. Perfect. But yeah, that's great. See, I do Jaws and Independence Day. Those are the two I do for Fourth of July. Oh yeah, fine. Independence Day is fine, but it's it's no it's no Jaws or Star Wars. <laughs> no, it's de- definitely not. <laughs> so all right, so we're gonna wrap it up. Once again, let's go on the table. People can tell them where to find each other. This is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter as well at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. Matt, where can the kids find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at MattReedy219. Do you have any Jaws artwork? Oh, I got tons. Yes? I thought <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, yeah. I got one. It's like a continuing series where I've done one. I started it with drawing a, a Bruce, at, but wearing the mayor's. Uh, oh my jacket. god that's yeah. and so I've, good i've been slowly but surely going through all the characters in the, in the movie that's fantastic that's amazing if you guys haven't seen it yet i mean matt's been on several times and he's a great guest but 
he's such a great artist. You really yeah. have to check out his stuff on Instagram. And oh, thank you. Oh, really? Yeah, we, I love your work. He designed the League of Show Shares chicken logo, so definitely check out his stuff, and and uh, you will not be upset. He's got all the nerdy pop culture stuff that he does his artwork, and yeah, and and your brother is a great artist too. He does shirts that end up in Hot Topic all the time. Oh right? yeah, yeah. He's got a, his so, own line in Hot Topic. Yeah, some, something in the reedy blood with with artistry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the things I didn't mention at the top is our Patreon. Patreon.com backslash real spoilers. Go there. You can For five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of extra content. Kevin, Matt Basler, and I are actually currently going through the Evil Dead series. So Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2 might be up. Evil Dead 1 for sure is up. Five bucks a month. There's all kinds of good stuff over on that Patreon. Yeah. I joined just because I wanted to listen to the uh, Batman animated series ones that you guys did. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Those are thank- old. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah. There's there's fun stuff on there and and uh, more coming. I'm I'm well, I'll just give a little sneak preview here. I we haven't decided on this yet, but I was thinking maybe some of the old Review STL podcasts might end up on oh, the page. Man. Review That's, STL kind of yeah. predates real spoilers, and we did a bunch of series on there that we used to record before we would do real spoilers. Yeah. And so That's, we have holy like shit. baseball movies. And we would do like uh, certain types of movies and talk about our favorite ones. And so there Who, may what, be some. You meet you, me, Blake, Steve Matt, Kelly, Steve? Blake and Matt. Yeah, Matt and Black. Matt. Okay, okay. It was a different Matty crew. Blackie. Yeah, exactly. Before Dan and Tom would roll in to record, we did it with a different crew of a couple of us. And so anyway, those might make because I just rediscovered them on old hard drives because they're 10 years old now. (laughs) So you might get some extra. There's going to be a lot of stuff that we'll try to drop on there when we can and then all the new stuff. So indeed. So there you go. Uh, Bye. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's on patreon spoiler for us yeah this is no I, come on no, give us a spoiler I, oh my gosh uh i wasn't prepared to see this is what happens when tom isn't here spoil jaws 4 <laughs> michael kane lives at the end get ready for a spoiler won't say it twice because we already warned you your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.